0: Hit
1: it. Ooh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can.
0: This is Pod Me If You Can.
1: Movie reviews by David and Lloyd's,
0: An Australian podcast on your favourite movies.
1: Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com
2: Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. Today on the show, I'm interviewing Lee Ormsby who's a writer-director and actor, whose latest film, The Last Hope, brings zombies to Australia. The world has been devastated by a virus that has reanimated the dead to consume the living. Australia has so far remained unscathed through a brutal border protection policy and internment facilities. Derek Jones and the High Risk Response Unit restore order to the internment facilities when law and order breaks down. When the arrival of a mysterious girl collides with the uprising at the Briars Hill Detention Centre, will Australia, the last hope for many, finally fall? It was great fun talking to Lee, and uh, it seems like he's going to hit the ground running, uh, possibly with another feature film in the near future. Uh, He gives us a good tease of what he's working on now in the interview as well. You can look out for The Last Hope. It's going to be available, hopefully, for some screenings in November 2017, and uh, at this stage I'll encourage you to head to their Facebook page and uh, become a fan. Uh, Support Australian Film and uh, there is a link to the Facebook page in the description of this episode at our website.
0: I've been here on my own for... God... I don't know. About a year. I was at Briars Hill Detention Centre when this all started. and. It went bad, quick. I abandoned my men when they needed me the most. You see, we were in this room, hopeless situation. The dead were outside, we were all carrying injuries and they finally made it through. And at that moment, all I could think of was my wife my unborn child. I knew if I stayed and fought, we'd all die. I decided to run. I thought, when the end comes, I would rather be with my wife than stuck in that room. So I ran, and I ran. People, in their desperation, dug holes under the fences, and that's what I used to escape. And after what seemed like weeks and weeks, I finally made it home,
1: but my wife, she wasn't there.
2: Lee Ormsby, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for joining me.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
2: So, The Last Hope, it's very exciting, Uh, your zombie feature film, how are you feeling at the moment?
1: Nervous, excited, um, uh, a lot of anticipation as well, Uh, there's a lot of work still going on behind the scenes, um, even though we've uh, wrapped all the filming, it's just um, getting all the visual effects done, uh, fine tuning some of the edits. Uh, getting uh, the sound—the sound is the next uh, big thing, which is going to be very important for us. So, yeah, all these different things kind of um, blending together at the moment are making me excited for it, nervous, but you know, by the end of it, should be a really, really cool film.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to seeing it. So, have you spent uh, you know your formative years watching zombie films? Has it always been a category
1: you've liked? Zombie films are, are a bit of a weird one for me because I'm probably not the most knowledgeable person on zombie films Like I have watched my fair share and re-watched my fair share of films uh, with uh, zombies in them But uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm an expert I I did grow up watching things like Return of the Living Dead, uh, Evil Dead I Watched the Evil Dead a lot, even if you, they're more demons rather than uh, zombies um, the remake of Dawn of the Dead is one of my favourite films, but probably the, the quintessential one for me, and people can argue whether zombies or not. But um, 28 Days Later is also one of my favourite films, and I take heavy inspiration off that as well.
2: Well, that leads to my next question uh, perfectly then. Uh, fast or slow zombies? What's the story?
1: I- I'm all about the fast zombies, but I don't discount the slow zombies either. So for um, our film, uh, I found that the, uh, the fast zombie works a lot better for what we want to do, Because we want to create a fast-paced film and have it move at a very fast pace. Uh, Whereas if we had slow zombies in there, um, it just wouldn't work as well for what we're trying to achieve. Uh, In in regards to what I prefer, they're both equally awesome in my eyes. And you've lost
2: no fans with your answer.
1: Well done. (laughs) (laughs) That's the idea.
2: So uh, who are your heroes in the filmmaking world? Who do you look to emulate?
1: I could go on for hours about this, and this could almost be a whole separate podcast talking about this. But um, some people that I really do look up to, um, and I'm going to point a few people out that, that work together a lot, and some people either hate these guys or, or, or love them or uh, feel a bit indifferent, but I, I really, really uh, love the work of Nicholas Whiting Refn and Ryan Gosling when they combine together to make films. Yeah, um, Drive, I'd have to say, be one of my – it is probably my favourite film um and also uh only god forgives i loved it but a lot of people uh, disliked it and i can understand why and i can see why and you know what i say fair enough Th- the work that they do together uh it's just fantastic um uh, working as director and actor and especially nicholas Winding reffel when you go back to like his um pusher films valhalla rising stuff like that he creates a really uh surreal um uh, it's almost like you're watching a, a, a nightmare or a, a very poetic nightmare similar to some um, David Lynch stuff is who I also quite look up to as a filmmaker mm-hmm. um, um like everyone else as well I love the works of Quentin Tarantino as well just especially the way he writes a lot of really snappy dialogue and just gets the film flowing as well um that's stuff that I absolutely adore in filmmaking and um my next film after this one, I'm, I'm trying to emulate a bit more um, dialogue writing, not so much in the style of, say, Quentin Tarantino and how he writes dialogue, but just I, I want to push my dialogue to be a little bit more exciting and involved.
2: And uh, is that another zombie film or are you going to pigeonhole yourself?
1: Uh, no, it, it is going to be a, um, a horror film, Yep. Uh, but it's not going to be zombies or anything supernatural like that. So I'm going to go for, uh, let's just say cabin in the woods but uh not the way you think about it with the with the film cabin in the woods or evil dead or anything like that so it's going to be a something that's familiar to people but very 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 different
2: interesting good tease (laughs) um so tell us like did you start out as an actor then or were you straight into writing
1: filmmaking for me it's a bit of a funny one when you look at my history with it, because if you if you know my my full history, um, it's something that um, you wouldn't expect me to go into. But uh, I first started off writing me and my cousin Ben Ormsby, who's also in the film and did some uncredited rewrites on the film as well. Uh, me and him wrote a comedy pilot together, and it's something I'd love to go back and visit because I still think it's one of the most hilarious things I've ever read. <laughs> But I started off on that, but then I was lucky enough to catch a break to get a job on HBO's The Pacific as a featured extra, and mm-hmm. I managed to do a little bit of acting on that as well, and I just absolutely fell in love with the whole process there. And that's also where I met my um, uh, uh, co-producer, co-star, right-hand man, the the man that knows how to do absolutely everything, uh, Glenn Ellis. I took a little bit of a break after... Um, working on the Pacific uh, and I just worked normal jobs um, and then I really wanted to get back into it and then I went to uni to study film Mm -hmm. but I ended up going more into theatre because I wanted to learn a little bit about acting and how to be a better actor and theatre just essentially took over my whole uni life Um, and I ended up doing a double major in cinema and theatre and then doing my honours year in theatre. Uh, And I really adore the works of some of writers like Sam Shepard, um, William Shakespeare, uh, Cormac McCarthy, um, people like that as well. And they're also people I look up to to answer your previous question too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, I I really, really, um, yeah, started to go for the acting then um, and really enjoyed it. And it's just been kind of like a slow build uh, back into the acting world from that and also combining the writing and directing and producing now.
2: And so you did a short film first called The Infected, and that, I understand, was like a shorter version of what The Last Hope is.
1: Yeah, so that one was interesting. Um, I was uh, with Glenn Ellis. Um, we were sitting in his room, I was um, uh, editing his film uh, Acacia, a, a short film that's part of his bigger sci-fi series that he's making. And I said, Glenn, I've got an idea for a short film. And he says, Lee, shut up, put your finger on the calendar, let's film something. Um, and that's, that's, that's his motto for everything. and It's a fantastic one as well. Um, and so what we did is, uh, I, I wrote it up and two weeks later we shot it and then another week and a half later we had it edited, visual effects done, sound and, you know, we had an absolute blast making it. Uh, it was just some of the most fun we've had and, you know, it was this really short, intense piece and, you know, when we were pretty much uh, about to release it, I said, Glenn, I've got an idea for a, a, a full feature of this. And he goes, Lee, shut up, put your finger on the calendar, let's start making something. And uh, from there I was like, well, we might have to pull the brakes on a bit. But, uh, yeah, from that, um, that's where the idea kind of germinated. And then we just, I started building on it, writing a few bits and pieces, and then I started drafting and redrafting, and then we had the script that we ended up filming. That's
2: fantastic. And you loved the experience of directing straight away? Like you directed the short film as well?
1: We, we had um, uh, a very, very, very fantastic actress, Ali um, Aurora, direct um, The Infected for us. Uh, So she just uh, jumped on and um, she did a fantastic job directing Glenn and I and um, another fantastic actor, uh, Sahil. Yeah, but before that, I I have directed a lot of theatre before that. So jumping into film is something that has been a real eye-opening experience. So whenever I'm on camera, though, uh, and Glenn is not with me, he'll direct and sometimes we also have the um, awesome Vladdy T. He'll uh, sometimes jump into direct when I'm on camera as well because it's a bit hard to direct yourself on playbacks. And sometimes what you think might be all right might not be actually that good. So, yeah, we, we kind of share the duties. But overall, I'm the one that directs the action and, you know, really sets some of the scenes up. And then I'm also open to input as well.
2: Great. And being, a, you know, an actor, writer, director, producer is, is a lot of hats to wear. So... Uh, you know, was, was your shoot a long one, you know, two weeks, two months, like how long did it take to put together the last hope? Uh,
1: the last hope by the time it comes out on screen, it'll be a two year process. Um, and it, and it has been a very long, long two year process. Uh, putting on all those hats is a stress. It is a burden. Uh, I financed most of the film myself. We had a lot of success through possible as well. Uh, which really did help us um, push the film along and, and, and get some of the extra stuff we needed. But I can't say at once I made this film by myself. Uh, it's been the most collaborative effort of people coming together and helping out that I have ever experienced in my life. So uh, it started off just being me and Glenn doing it, and then as the film gained in popularity and as it um, gained traction online, uh, more and more people just wanted to come and help and donate their time and, you know, uh, we we didn't pressure anyone into coming and helping us, but people wanted to be part of this experience, and um, yeah, we just ended up people uh, having people uh, help us with makeup, uh, help us with uh, set construction, help with being PA's, just helping with everything. So while it was still stressful, it could have been so much more stressful. And these people that have helped, and there's just way too many to name, yeah, just really lifted that burden off my shoulders.
2: As they say, it takes a village, and obviously two years is a long time. So uh, congratulations, you know, you're almost at daylight now.
1: <laughs> we are.
2: Uh, I did read your possible campaign online, and I saw that one of the rewards, the highest level, was to get a one-line like appearance in the film. Mm. Tell us the one line so we can look out for it.
1: Um, I, I don't know if anyone actually... Um bought that one i don't remember actually because we had um vladdy e. t our associate producer he was running a lot of that sort of stuff so um i don't remember if anyone actually got that if they did they would have their line um and if they didn't well they got to contact me and i'm going to film something really quickly so like we <laughs> put them in but um uh, we've actually rewarded a lot of people that have helped us out as well by making sure they get some good screen time as well and um you know giving them an experience they would have never had too so because uh, a lot of our supporters had um minimal, um, monetary donations. We had a lot of, you know, 100, 200, $300 donations, which was fantastic. Um, and really pushed us over the line. Like, uh, especially when the film became really popular, uh, and really exploded, uh, out on social media, you know, um, the, the, the budget I had in my pocket to essentially film this just was not enough. And then just seeing how many people came together to help push this thing over the line. So we could have our big shoot days where we had well over 500 extras. Um, it, it just helped, immensely so
2: yeah i did see that um in the the paper i saw you guys put in an ad for extras and i did notice that the numbers on facebook for you exploded and that was obviously really good for exposure for the film i'm imagining these extras had a great time on the set i personally was an extra in a a zombie film called theater of the dead and we all you know got made up as zombies we all got a wound on ourselves arm neck it varied and um they put us in, you know, uh, whatever ripped clothes and so forth for that film. And I do vividly remember putting my chin up, having like a chocolatey syrup blood poured in my mouth and having it just drool down my face and onto my clothes and, you know, them redoing it for the close-ups. Tell us a little bit about, you know, people's experiences as extras. You know, you had 500, you said, at one time?
1: Yeah, yeah, over a weekend we had about 500 extras.
2: Wow. So, you know, same sort of thing, you know, how much sort of did you guys have to do with them? Um, You know, where you (laughs) you had a whole team of people applying blood and wounds and everything like that.
1: Yeah. So I might as well kind of take you a little bit through that whole day it's a pretty um, amazing thing to have happen. So um, we had um, a lot of the, uh, you know, popularity really spring from some newspaper articles and, um, and, uh, like being on channel and on news and things like that. So, um, from that sort of thing, when we actually came time to, um, uh, film, we did a, uh, rehearsal day out of the ones we chose. And, uh, that's where we also got to meet people as well. Um, just so that way we didn't get, um, you know, too distracted on the set as well by people coming up to and to say hello. And that was mm-hmm. fantastic, giving them a bit of training. So they actually came with a bit of knowledge to, uh, to the set on how to act and how to behave like one of our zombies. Come to the film day, uh, we had a Saturday and Sunday shoot. So the Saturday shoot involved uh, mining Glenn's characters and not as many zombies. So I think there was about 50 or 60 zombies on that one and probably about 15 to 20 soldier extras on that one. That, that was a really fun day, but it was very, very stressful as well. So we had a lot of scenes to churn through. We only had the location for two days as well, and we had another location pull out two weeks before we were supposed to shoot, which added some stress. Um, they just literally said, oh, look, Something else is happening here now, so you have to find a new place. So, you know, uh, luckily Steam Rail Victoria came to the rescue and were like, yep, we can do it for you. You can have this weekend. And, um, you know, that was just really, really lucky. And I say thank you to them in this public forum again because they saved us <laughs> massively. But, yeah, that that, that Saturday was fun. Um, but I was just very much in the zone of being an actor uh, that day. So uh, I didn't really get to experience too much um, seeing what was happening just because I was very, very focused in that uh, sort of mindset. But come the Sunday where I was just purely directing, um, I got to actually see everything a lot more because I got to step back and uh, we had other actors involved. And um, so basically what what would happen is at about four in the morning, crew would turn up, including me. Uh, we'd set everything up uh, inside some of the buildings. Uh, That included all the costumes, prop weapons, um, uh, things like that. We had a team of approximately 30 to 40 makeup artists over those two days uh, that came and uh, helped out. Uh, And there were a lot of um, students of our um, uh, key makeup artists, Belinda and uh, Ellie, fantastic makeup artists. If you ever get a chance to work with them, you're very, very lucky. (laughs) So, yeah, and what had happened then, uh, our, our crew would set up and we'd have to set up several different checkpoints as well for people to come through. Uh, where people then have to hand in their paperwork as well, so all their release forms and things like that. And then they'd go through, they'd get a bit of a brief in the morning and how the day would run from the uh, first AD, which was uh, my cousin Rob. Uh, He works as a foreman on construction sites, so it was a perfect first AD for us. Uh, And then, um, yeah, they'd they'd go through the makeup process, and the makeup process was pretty much um, they'd get their skin tone changed, uh, they'd have veins drawn on, and depending on what tier, we had them as well. So we had three tiers of zombie, essentially, so our tier ones, well, the ones that'd be most active on the screen they'd also have the most makeup and then you go to tier two which was sort of um a, a you know a bit of a lesser of the tier one but you know you'd have more blood on throwing you and then when we go to our tier three zombies it was mostly just the skin tone changed and then from that pretty much um once they were done they didn't have all the extra blood thrown on them yet because they'd have to go and rehearse a lot of the scenes so we had a big horde that spilled around the corner and we had to rehearse that for quite a while uh just for safety and things like that when you have 150, 200 people just storming around a corner. There's always the um, the chance that you know um, someone could hurt themselves or or something could go wrong. So uh, we we rehearsed them in what they need to do, and then all of a sudden the blood came out, and uh, our makeup artists had an absolutely amazing time just drenching everyone. And we had oh, 50 liters, maybe of fake blood more. Uh, it's huge. It was I, I don't even know the, the end count of literage. We had a fake blood made up. But, uh, yeah, everyone was absolutely covered. And then when I was sitting there directing it as they ran through, they had all the mouth blood as well, which they were spitting out. I was just drenched in it <laughs> by the end of the day of filming, uh, even though I wasn't an actor or anything. So, and, and just by the looks of what everyone was doing, they were having the most fun as well. Um, I remember walking out in the morning, so I was kind of hiding away, just getting myself prepped, and I hadn't seen any extras yet. And I could hear this big cheer as well uh, from the staging area where they first went in and I was like, Oh, what's going on? Like after the third or fourth show, I'm like, I have to find out what's going on. So I went and poked my head out and everyone's like, Oh, highly. And what I've seen them do was just, they're all jumping in a big puddle of mud to dirty up some of their costume. And it was just a big dare thing that was going on. And everyone was just having absolutely fantastic time doing it. And, um, yeah, and, and just everyone just had the, the brightest smiles on their face all day except when they were acting as zombies and they were quite um, scary. But, uh, yeah, everyone just seemed to have a really good time and and that's the main thing that we try and do as well, make sure everyone has a really good time on our sets and they leave with a positive story rather than a negative one.
2: Mm-hmm. Would, you, would you say that was your best moment on set?
1: Oh, that, that was pretty cool. Um, it, it's a bit strange because, you know... Uh, most of us are quite obscure as actors and directors and all that sort of stuff. And then um, just the amount of people that had seen you on um, uh, Channel 9 News uh, doing the um, interviews and you know, photos from um, uh, the news reports and stuff like that uh, online. It was, um, yeah, strange having people know who you actually are and, you know, saying, hi, Lee, how are you going today? And you just go, oh, you know, it doesn't normally happen like that. So it was a really strange feeling. But I think the... Um, one of the best days I spent on set would probably our, be our last big day of shooting, which was yet again at Newport. And that was like the culminating scenes of the first half of the film. The the vibe on that day was just incredible. And when you actually see that sequence on camera, I, I think your mind will be a little bit blown because it's nothing like you'll see on any sort of Australian zombie film ever.
2: Wow, that sounds really cool. Yeah,
1: The energy was insane. It was just... I had to get about ugh, 80 or 90 zombies that are in this cage uh, revving me up, and so we were just revving each other up, and just that sort of energy was just incredible.
2: Um, you have an army background as well, so did all of your friends in the army just kind of want to grab these toy guns and pretend to shoot zombies all the time with you?
1: <laughs> um, well, when I when I first started. Um, uh, it, it was a little bit hard to get some people involved because it was a bit like, oh, you're just making a little film, you know, uh, whatever sort of thing. But, but a few uh, people jumped in, um, a guy called Tom McHugh who's been absolutely fantastic helping out with um, a lot of our sort of uh, drills and uh, military manoeuvres uh, and teaching some of our uh, people who are portraying soldiers actually how to do some um, soldierly things. Uh, another guy called um, Vladimir Akhmatov, um, uh, Michael Cook, James Wiles, it's just heaps of guys, heaps and heaps and heaps of them and um, they're all absolutely fantastic guys and they they kind of jumped in from day one just going, look, I'm going to give this a try. And as the film got more and more popular, more and more of the guys kind of went and, and seeing some of the footage as well when I show it to them, they're like, oh, I want to jump in on this. This actually looks pretty cool. And, mm-hmm. yeah, by the end of it I had probably – 25, maybe 30 of my mates that have been in the army and, and also people that have um, served that I didn't know, that wanted to be a part of it, uh, ended up being part of it. So, yeah, we've got quite a big um, uh, ADF representation in this film.
2: It's about, uh, in a way, it's about uh, border security and um, the fact that Australia, you know, as a country, uh, you might have a bit of a metaphor you might like to speak to.
1: I did read about it on Your Possible. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a difficult one to kind of um, talk about because this is a very um, sensitive issue for a lot of people and I, and I 100% understand. We, we, we treat it with respect as well. So it's not saying um, what Australia is doing is right, what Australia is doing is wrong. It's using it as a context to help tell the story. Um, I, I have worked in it personally and um, I won't divulge too much on, on what I did or what I saw. You know, it, it helped me draw some inspiration for what was going on and, and, and how to help tell this story as well. Uh, we, we do allegorize a little bit in it, but at the same time, we really don't try and take a side on on an argument because uh, that's not what the film is essentially about. If it helps stimulate debate or stimulate people talking about it, that's fine, that's really cool. But at the same time, we don't want to say we are for this happening or against this happening. It's just a way to help tell this story and uh, it, it makes it uniquely Australian as well, I think.
2: And as well, um, from the the trivia I read, uh, Australian Defence Force members help portray a realism in military manoeuvres, weapon handling and mannerisms. I mean, that all sounds really positive for the film too.
1: Yeah, well, and that's the thing as well. Like, you know, you've got army guys speaking like army guys and it's not just the generic sort of, um, I think this is what an army guy sounds like, so I'm going to write it like this. Um, A lot of the times we just had the guys, you know, ad-libbing stuff, which is just... Completely realistic. We have a um. There, there's a thing in um uh, military maneuvers, I guess you could say, it's called a break contact. So when a smaller force engages a larger force, they'll do something called a break contact, um, and it's putting down a lot of firepower to basically escape, suppress the enemy, escape. However, in our film, uh, we do a break contact against a horde of zombies. So it's um, even though we're not being shot at, uh, we we do uh, have a break contact drill in the film, and we make it as realistic as we possibly can, and Every single person bar two in the group that does that uh, manoeuvre, they are all military people, bar two. So that's how we get that sort of realism across. And I've seen it with all the visual effects in. I just can't wait to see it now without, with, with the sound in uh, and to see how well we actually portray it.
2: That's great. I'm really pleased to hear that there's kind of an authenticity to the film and um, that you've been able to use you know, this expertise that you and your actors have. Um, I'm hoping that translates on the film for you. That sounds great
1: yeah um and it's one of those things as well we, we didn't want to make this sort of like a, a hokey zombie film either because um you know the, there's been quite a few good australian zombie films like i'll, I'll point out wormwood that was just an absolutely fantastic film like you know I, I went and bought the film as well to help support the guys because they put their absolute heart and soul into it yet again at the same time that film had a lot of comedy to it as well and i, I think it's a film that kind of lost itself in a little bit is it you know, trying to be serious, is it trying to be comedy, or is it trying to do the Shaun of the Dead thing, where it's uh, it's a comedy, then it moves into something serious, and it felt like the film got a bit lost uh, trying to decide what it was. Um, and one thing I really want to make sure at the start of our film was it's just dead serious, no real comedy in it. Um, there might be some lighthearted moments, but um, it's it's not a comedy. It's uh, it's, it's a serious film and, um, and you'll definitely start to see how the film pieces together in the second half of the film because the way I've written it is basically a story of two halves and the first half gets mimicked by the second half but with different outcomes and, and told in a bit of a different way. And, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a serious film and be portrayed that way.
2: Did you uh, do any writing when you were doing stage work or, or was this something completely new when you wrote the screenplay for this?
1: Uh, I've written a play before, uh, I've written several short plays, I've written quite a lot of short films, uh, but I've never really had the chance to get it made. Um, at university I uh, wrote a web series with a few friends and we filmed a few episodes, but it never really kind of got off its feet in the end, um, and, which was a shame because it was a lot of fun to make. And that's also where I um, met one of my uh, co-stars for this film, who I got in the film, Darcy Witson. Absolutely fantastic actor. Yet again if you get a chance to get this guy in your set, count yourself lucky because he works like an absolute animal. Yeah, but most of the writing I've done has never really been um portrayed or made anywhere. It's just literally the Infected, The Last Hope, and the um stage and a couple of plays I've written have been performed. That's about it. It
2: would have been great to hear your words spoken by actors and yourself as well, then.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic and and it's a bit weird as well. Like one of those things, like I'm never always happy with everything I write. That's why, you know, my next film I really want to look at um, improving the dialogue. Uh, My my partner, uh, Millie Razzo, who did a lot of our social media handling as well and who I think is probably the most popular person on our set, especially on those big days of filming. No one really wants to know how Glenn and I were doing. They wanted to all meet Millie. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she's an absolutely fantastic writer. I really want to start working with her and, and, again, with my cousin Ben as well, who's also a fantastic writer and uh, really start to drill down on doing really good dialogue and, and dialogue where characters can be almost talking about and name things but you're just so drawn into it, um, you know, it, it really engages you and, and then uh, then have the story of the film really start to spill out from that as well.
2: Mm. So primarily The Last Hope, was it filmed
1: in Ballarat? Uh, we filmed all across Victoria, um, and that, that's one of the big things as well. Like we, our first ever shoot date was at Grantville, which is down on the Bass coast. Uh, Frank, you were an absolute legend. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, and then we did a few other shoots down that way as well in Thanks, Trulby Um, thanks uh, for your uh, location there. That was absolutely fantastic as well. Uh, we shot a lot of stuff in Ballarat. Um, so Ballarat airport, um, Ballarat city council were just incredible. Um, people, if you want to go film in Victoria, go to Ballarat, go to One Thaggy. they'll have you. They're absolutely fantastic. They really do try their hardest to accommodate you as well, which is really cool, and they will help you find locations too and they'll help with suggestions, which is what they did for us. We also filmed in uh, Williamstown, uh, so we did quite a bit of filming around that, that area, so Williamstown, Newport, uh, Sea Works. Um, they were really gracious in having us there. We filmed our final scene of the movie there as well. Steam rail. Uh, there was a warehouse we had in Newport as well, which is uh, part of the culminating scenes of the first half. And uh, that was a really good grab as well. Um, one of our um, uh, production assistants and sound people, uh, Giovanna McCurry, she was one of our recruits from. Um, uh, our 500 zombie shooting. She ended up joining part of our crew just because she was such a hard and amazing worker. Uh, she found us this location and we managed to get it for $1,000. We had um, uh, two weekends with it. So we spent one weekend transforming it because uh, it was absolutely derelict. And then we changed it into a, um, a processing station. And there was a team of about 20 of us that worked oh, for two days straight um, painting the walls. Um, and thanks to Peter Fennell as well from um, uh, Mirror Paints for supplying just hundreds of dollars worth of paint to get the place painted and looking right. You know, all, all these people that just came together to, you know, Jason Davies. Um, so so many, uh, There's just so many people that came and helped um, and made this um, set into something spectacular. And that's something you'll see in the culmination of the first half of the film, this incredible set that we all built together.
2: When you film all across uh, Victoria like this, I, I imagine a, a scene or two or outside... You've got a ton of people dressed as zombies and a bunch of people, you know, dressed as a military force. Did you ever have people onlookers stop and say, what is going on over there?
1: Uh, we, we did some filming in South Yarra, which we actually eventually scrapped. And, um, you yeah, know, we got quite a few looks then, which was uh, interesting. But people just kind of accepted it as well. Uh, one thing we always do as well is we fill out um, all the required paperwork and forms through um, Victoria Police as well. Uh, we always make sure we do that as well, just in case someone does get a bit spooked by what they see and call the police, at least, you know, the police know what is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of our stuff has been, yeah, really behind closed doors. Um, the most public place I can think that we filmed was um, in the town of uh, Blackwood, and uh, that's where a lot of the second half of the film is set. Uh, that town saw us film a scene where it was myself, uh, Darcy Witshead, Brooke Tomlinson, uh, fending off from two very weathered novels and um yeah that was filmed out, out front of the blackwood pub and there was quite a few onlookers for that one just going oh oh they're making a movie oh, good on them you know so that, that's probably the most uh, strange sort of onlooks we had uh, we did have one person interrupt a scene where i was my character well, was crying essentially It was a bit of an emotional scene and um he just pokes his head around the corner and goes oh you guys are making a film and i uh, kind of ruined that a little bit for us was i was um yeah a bit upset about that but uh yeah, that, that, that's about it, really. Like, I think we're pretty lucky being behind closed doors for a lot of it, uh, which really um, uh, stops the public from hampering the film. And hopefully
2: you could use that being upset for the next take when you have to burst into tears again. You can just think about <laughs> how you ruined that shot.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I'm not much of a crier in real life, so, you know, it, it's quite hard for me to get um, to that emotional state sometimes. And, uh, you know, you really have to work in it when you really focus in there. And, and Glenn did an excellent job directing me for it as well. And... Um, Yeah, sometimes, you know, someone breaks you out of it and you're just like, ah, goddammit, you know?
2: (laughs) Uh, Gun to your head, if you had to pick between acting and working behind the scenes, what would you take? Uh, Acting. Yep, okay, cool. Uh,
1: There's just something fun about jumping on and um, working with another um, actor and creating something and working with an amazing director. Um, I I think, um, however, though, most of my... um, uh, skill set and, and what I do, I'll probably find myself more and more behind the scenes, uh, as things go, but any chance I get to jump in front of a camera, I'll, I'll, I'll take it, um, just because it's so much fun. Um, I always have fun doing it. It doesn't matter if it's a small shoot for a very independent film, a student film, whatever, all the way to doing something professional. I just absolutely adore it.
2: And if you're writing, you can always put yourself in a in a scene, write something for yourself, you know.
1: So. <laughs> That's it. So the next one I'm writing, it's um, going to be the, some of the very key people that I work with um, and I'm writing it for us. And it's probably the last one I'll be writing where I act in myself as well just to start to, you know, um, Uh, really force myself to actually go and audition and get roles or if uh, there's someone out there that wants to write me into something or or actually get me on board um, you know I can then jump in on that but yeah it's the last sort of um, almost you could say vanity piece um, that I'm writing just to go and have fun with my friends before we try and really uh, strike out and do some you know really big things and uh, yeah have to kind of you know relinquish some of the responsibilities and go, all right, if I if I want to make a film, I can't act in it anymore. I've got to, you know, knock them down, produce, write, direct, and that's that.
2: I suppose could you tease us with a, a title or, you know, anything more about what you're writing?
1: Uh, it, it's currently untitled, but just um, uh, I can give you a little bit of a, a premise, and this is something that um, Glenn and I started talking about when we were waiting to uh, visit a, another set recently. Uh, we got um, special access to... And we are talking about, you know, a sort of cabinet of the woods thing. And then we started discussing the idea more and more. And so the idea kind of turned into this, um, this, this guy who's a, a pretty notorious serial killer and he's on the run, you know, as he's traveling through, uh, back towns of Australia somewhere, uh, he, uh, comes across this girl and decides to follow her. And that's going to be his next victim. And as he breaks into the house ready to do the deed, something happens and then he wakes up into a house of horrors. And, uh, that's all I'm going to really say at the moment. And it's, uh, yeah, I've been developing it and, and, and really plotting it out and uh, you know, getting some arcs in, and I'm using a lot less uh, characters in this one so I can really start to develop some um, really interesting and varied characters. And uh, you're going to see some yeah, very, very interesting characters in this one.
2: Well, what's great is that after you finish this feature film, and as we said, you're a light at the end of the tunnel now, is that you sound so upbeat about it all and you know not beaten down by the process, even though it took two years And I think it's great that it sounds like it was a really fun set. Uh, Having been a zombie extra, I can tell you it is a lot of fun firsthand and uh, congratulations on, you know, basically completing the film.
1: Uh, Thank you so much. And you know what? Um, it's just been the most fun to work on. I've just worked with the most incredible people doing this, and so many people have come out of their shells um, working on this film and, and really embracing new things. And it's just been awesome to watch these people just grow from beginners into, into proper professionals as well. It's just the most incredible thing to see.
2: And uh, so tell us about the, the process from here. Do you have a release date in mind? You know, will you be screening it at festivals?
1: Yeah, so um, basically we're in some very deep talks with a distributor at the moment and it's all looking to go ahead very well. I'll um, say that we're currently looking at a November release for the film. Uh, we obviously wanted to release it a lot earlier, but um, just because of the scope and size of the film, we've had to push that back. And because we want to, especially because of the popularity of it now, we really want to do it justice for the people that have worked on it and the people that are just waiting to see it as well. And, you know, we really want to leave an impression on the minds of people that come and watch this film and support us.
2: That's fantastic. November 2017, it sounds like it's going to be a big month for you. Thanks very much, Lee. I appreciate you coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, and I'll always be back anytime.
2: That was my interview with Lee Ormsby, whose film The Last Hope. It looks uh, destined to hit our screens November 2017. Head to Facebook, search for The Last Hope, and uh, become a fan of the film. It seems like it's going to be a great project. I'm really intrigued to see it myself, and uh, support Australian Films. Of course, uh, you can always find us at podmeifyoucan.com and our obscure videos, which are at youtube.com slash podmeifyoucan. All our obscure films have somebody famous in them, but you won't have heard of the films. Finding obscure Brad Pitt titles. Uh, Recently we did Friends Month, where we found an obscure film for each of the six cast members from Friends. And uh, we're always open to recommendations, so uh, head to our Facebook page as well at podmeifyoucan.com. You can find links to everything. And uh, suggest an obscure film for us to watch. Suggest an upcoming film for us to review. And uh, we'll speak to you next time. Pod Me If You Can.
0: Hit it. Thank you for listening. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com Pod Me If You Can. Movie Reviews.